listening to Thunder Radio, the podcast of the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Centre. On this episode of Thunder Radio, we have something a bit different for you. Christine Malott from Red Rising Collective came by our studio to chat about a new education initiative they are developing. Um, The initiative includes an issue of the Red Rising magazine aimed at middle years readers, as well as four unit plans for middle years teachers. So you will hear that interview with Christine. And then we have a recording of a poem written and read by Tasha Spillett. And this poem is featured um, in the magazine and in one of the unit plans. So we hope you enjoy. So uh, first, I just want to start off by welcoming everyone to um, Thunder Radio. Uh, We are very excited today to have in the studio Christine Malott from Red Rising Magazine. And she's here to talk about a new initiative that they are um, starting. And uh, we are excited to hear about it. So uh, we'll just start off with, um, for those people who might not know what Red Rising Magazine is, and I think that everyone should because I think it's just so fantastic what you guys are doing, but maybe just uh, talk briefly about what it is. Sure. Um, So Red Rising Magazine was created in 2015 by a group of Indigenous youth from Winnipeg, and um, it was created in response to the negativity that's often portrayed in the media um, when talking about Indigenous people. And, you know, this group just came together and they just wanted to change that narrative and really um, bring a different perspective into the mainstream about like what it means to be Indigenous and stories about Indigeneity and um, a lot of the successes in the Indigenous community because there are a lot of really great things going on in our community that haven't been showcased and are just now starting to be um, put out there. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can relate because I know that that's something we're trying to do here. Uh, we talk all the time about really trying to show the successes because they're not seen enough. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious, Did were you all, um, the group that started it, were you all f- friends? Did you know each other or...? Um, yeah, so they were friends. Yeah. They were just a group of friends, and apparently it started um, over dinner, like, at Stella's. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and then I actually joined later. Um, okay. So I went to university with a few of the members, um, and, yeah, and I just started um, this year with the magazine. Oh, great. Good. Um, so you are embarking on a new education initiative with uh, the magazine. Uh, why don't you talk about that? Sure. So um, I got started um, once I graduated from the University of Winnipeg and became a teacher. I really noticed that there was a need for Indigenous perspectives in the curriculum. And especially as an English language arts teacher, um, I'm always looking to include Indigenous literature in my teaching. And I mean, I noticed there was some stuff out there like, you know, The Secret Path, they have lesson plans. Um, but it didn't really teach um, how to teach about Indigenous topics. They just kind of give you the material and that's it. Um, but I was looking for something a little bit more and how to teach in an, in an Indigenous way. So um, I you know, reached out to the Red Rising Collective and I said, like, I want to be a part. I have a great idea for, you know, getting this magazine into more schools um, because I put it in my classroom. And I noticed that my students were really drawn to it. They picked it up during like free reading time. And I noticed that even when they were 
looking at it, they weren't really reading it as much because it was a higher reading level. Um, So we have like professors and people with their master's and PhD contributing to the magazine. Um, So which makes it, you know, not as accessible for like middle school, for example, that I was teaching. Um, So I really wanted to make it more accessible for younger students. So um, and apparently there's people on the team already that, you know, saw this need and there's educators on the team. So we just uh, linked up and started, you know, this new education initiative. That's great. And you talked a bit about where the idea came from, but maybe I'll just have you expand a little bit on sort of the the spark of where it originated. Yeah. And I mean, it just came from my own experiences as an educator and really seeing the need for having um, Indigenous literature and art in the classroom. Wonderful. Um, And why is Indigenous education so important for both Indigenous and non-Indigenous students? Um, So we actually came out with a video um, that explains like Indigenous pedagogy. We reached out to the larger Indigenous community um, and asked them like what is Indigenous education. And so we had um, a knowledge keeper, Sherry Kopanis, and we asked her like why is this important? And she said it so, um, so precisely and she was just like it's important to know about the history of the land that you're on. Right. And that's just the most simple answer is, you know, we're all living on this land. We should know about the history and the people that were originally from this land. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. And then there's also, you know, I think it's important for students, um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous students to learn about um, their culture in the classroom and see themselves reflected in the curriculum because it just makes it more relevant for them. And, you know, um, when talking about Indigenous and non-Indigenous students, having Indigenous perspectives in the classroom can really help um, like combat racism and stereotypes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just getting back to sort of some of the more specifics about um, the initiative, it's lesson plans. Well, there was a video and yes. now it's lesson plans. Yeah. So our very first, uh, the very first thing we did was we held an idea jam where we invited educators from all around the city to come and Uh, collaborate with us and really help us answer the question like how can red rising better support you in your classroom and um, the overwhelming majority of teachers said that they needed some like how to get started they don't even know what to do um, to begin teaching about indigenous topics so that's where the video came in Um, so we released a video about indigenous pedagogy and you can find that on our facebook and on youtube Um, Red Rising Education and so that was the very first thing that we did and the second thing that they said they wanted was something for the middle years classroom so a magazine that was more accessible had a lower reading level um, so they could use that in lower grades so this very first magazine um, is a special edition education magazine that caters to grades five to nine And along with the magazine, there are four unit plans that we're releasing throughout the school year. And our very first uh, unit plan is identity, and that is available now. Um, Our website is actually currently being updated. So to get that, people, uh, teachers can email us at info at redrisingmagazine.ca. And so we're coming out with these four unit plans to accompany the themes in the magazine. And that's just our very first initiative like we want to really expand into the elementary school classroom high school Um, we have 
we have big plans for the future. So yeah, I can see it in high school in particular being mm-hmm, absolutely very um making an impact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the magazine um it caters to the middle school years. Um, I'm curious who uh who did the contributions to it or the writings and articles and things for yeah no that's a great question um so we actually went through issues uh one to six or just regular magazine issues one to six and we carefully selected you know poems short short stories um art that was more suitable for the middle years classroom because we do have in our regular issues um students that submitted work that made it into the red rising magazine so we chose you know especially those um we have like a poem by a a 12 year old girl and yeah yeah, and stuff like that i think our youngest contributor is nine years old um so she's definitely in she made it in the education magazine (laughs) was that a piece of writing or art yeah it was a piece it was a poem yeah that's great i know (laughs) (laughs) and what what impact do you hope this will have um, you know, I just like to see it in all classrooms, in all public schools, um, because our our main goal is to really just inspire the next generation of youth and, you know, have them have role models to look up to. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so you mentioned of getting it into the schools. Um, how how will you go about doing that? Or or if someone if a teacher hears this and wants it in their classroom, how do they get it into their classroom? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we're basically just doing it through social media and word of mouth. Um, if teachers or school divisions, we have school divisions that reach out to us, um, if they would like to order our magazine or lesson plans, they can just email us at info at redrisingmagazine.ca. Eventually, we are going to have a system where they can order it through our website, but it's just being updated right now. Right, right. And um, so if they receive the magazine and the unit plans, um, can you just give us a few more specifics about maybe what you mentioned the unit plan identity, what maybe is in there, what the teachers will be teaching, what the students will be learning, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the first unit plan identity, um, it's all focused obviously on, you know, identity and what does it mean to be an Indigenous person and what does it mean to have an identity, whether that's Indigenous or not. Um, So the students, there's a lot of um, like reading poetry, analyzing poetry, analyzing art. Um, So that's where the magazine comes in. And then we also have them, you know, explore concepts of identity and do different activities. And um, we're really trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. instill the importance of culture in, in one's identity formation and really having that positive view of their culture. Yeah, because I, I think that um, that's something that is I've heard many times from educators um, is especially for young people finding pride in their identity, mm-hmm. how important that is. Exactly. So it sounds like that's a focus of this, <laughs> which yeah. is great. Um, so I, I watched the video that uh, you produced. Um, it was very good. <laughs> Thank you. And at the end, you mentioned that you've been in contact with educators from around the world. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about um, if there are other Indigenous cultures that are doing things like this or that want to do things like this or if you've talked with. Yeah. Um, so that came from having educators. We literally have educators from around the world that reach out to us and, and ask us if we need any help with our lessons and things like that. Um, so we haven't started yet, but we do plan on, you know, utilizing some of those um, 
some of those people and their experiences and having really like a world indigenous um, feel to our lessons. Um, because of course we, you know, we're inclusive of all cultures and, um, and so that's something that's really important to us. It, um, yeah, it's a little bit, it, it's been complicated, um, mm-hmm. but it's something that we definitely are working towards. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there anything else you can tell us about this initiative? Um, just that, you know, we're really excited and I practice these lessons in my classroom before I, you know, put them into the unit plans. Oh, that's so th- they've been carefully thought out and I just, I'm really excited for students to, like more students to um, interact with the lessons. Yeah, great. And um, you said there are four right now. Identity, mm-hmm. what are the other ones? Yeah, so there's identity, community, land and water, and then resistance. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, well, thank you so much for being here and for telling us about this. I think it's it's just such a great project. Um, it's exciting because we work here in education. It's exciting to see mm-hmm. things like this happening um, and getting out there and into the communities. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Christine. <laughs> and now to give you a sample of what's in the unit plan, here is Little Sister, written and read by Tasha Spillett. Little Sister... I see you even if you have yet to see yourself. Even if you mask yourself in fragments of untruths of you. Even when you cloak yourself because somewhere, sometime, someone has made you feel that to hide is safer than to shine as you were meant to do. Little sister, I wish I could speak into your mind sacred words of you so loudly that they are like the thunderbirds when they come to visit and wash everything away. I wish to make you a crown sage to show all that rest their eyes on you that you are made of medicine and of royalty. Little sister, I will sing songs to you until your voice remembers that it was meant to dance. I will pray into being all that is needed to remind you that you are where beauty and strength come together to embrace. I will dance medicine into the path that we walk on so that it is again safe for you. Little sister, I see you.